Hello and welcome to the FT Advisor four-part podcast series on ESG investing, brought to you by Royal London. I'm David Thorpe, Special Projects Editor at FT Advisor. Joining me today to consider the future of responsible investing are Ashley Hamilton Claxton, Head of Responsible Investing at Royal London, and Tom Spark, Investment Director at GDIM, a discretionary fund management firm. Good afternoon to you both and thank you for joining me. Thank you. A feature of responsible investing in recent years has been the access such portfolios can give to technological change such as renewable energy or electric cars. But Ashley, what do you feel will be the next leg of innovation that investors in responsible investing funds can gain access to? Great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for inviting me on the podcast. Um, It's definitely something we are watching. And I think in the post-COVID world, um, we are absolutely thinking about the future. Um, Within our sustainable fund range, which is a specific range that we target kind of market-leading companies and companies um, that are helping to solve the world problems, the types of themes that we're looking at investing in in the future are absolutely technology. So technological change has been highlighted certainly by COVID. Um, things like next generation medicines, I think, is really, really important. A lot of innovation happening in the field of medicine. Automation and logistics, um, increasingly important from um, a sort of post-COVID world. And then, of course, we're seeing the resurgence and the, the high, high importance put on social care and education. So I think these will be interesting themes that our clients can get access to um, when they're thinking about a response investment strategy and particularly with our sustainable fund range. It's also things that we think about within our broader um, range of funds and within our governed portfolios, for example, um, and things like looking at the positives and negatives of technology. So on the one hand, we have tracing apps to trace people to assess COVID infection. And on the other hand, we also need to think about the privacy implications of those. So that's something that my team are actively looking at within our, our funds, all of our funds across rural London. Thank you. Tom, I know that um, at GDIM, you, you have a great interest in responsible investing funds and, and in that, that whole world. Um, is access to technology one of the things that you really that you really like about this uh, this opportunity set and what what have you heard from fund managers that you that you're invested with about where they're going in the future absolutely this is really uh, a movable feast and it's something that's uh, continuing to uh, to progress and we're having to uh, to move with it so we've been sort of diversifying our technology exposure especially in the in the ESG portfolios to include themes like uh, AI and robotics um, as we see further themes um, approaching the the, the the tasks of tackling things like food shortages, um, where where we're seeing uh, more sophisticated harvesting technology using AI to uh, to maximise the uh, the harvest and get much more reliable crops, um, to perform complex surgeries similar to Ashley's point in in the medical advancement field. I mean that's um, that, that that's only going to go from strength to strength. There's some some excellent companies making huge strides in in uh, in those sort of fields, um, and I think another example is um, to do with they're saving water. I think water is going to be a very important theme going forward and certainly technology can really help with things like um, washing machines that are much more efficient or don't use water or use a very minimum amount. So there's a lot of things we've got to keep our eye on going forward. Thank you. And Tom, if we uh, stay with you, one of the criticisms that's often made 
of sustainable investing and responsible investing is that um, lots of companies out there and lots of investment product providers out there, um, you know, they stick a label on one of their products uh, and call it sustainable or call it green or call it renewable or whatever the term you want. And that's often called greenwashing. Do you think um, we will see greater clarity around different definitions of what what these terms mean uh, in the investment universe and that that will really help uh, fund pickers such as yourself? Yeah, I would hope so. I would certainly support something uh, brought in by by the IA to have something along the lines of a label on a fact sheet to say this fund has been negative screened against uh, the following factors. So you know it, it's uh, it's been negatively screened against uh, environmental issues that, that that sort of stuff, and have a, a sort of ch- a checklist of uh, of boxes of uh, where it's going to be ESG compliant from a um, from a negative screen point of view, but also whether it's meeting um, US sustain. UN Sustainable Development Goals. So uh, that could be on the fact sheet as well. You know, th- this fund is in line with uh, Goal 3, Goal 6, Goal 9, etc. to really specify where it's doing good, what it definitely won't invest in, and to give investors absolute clarity about exactly what they're buying when they invest in that fund. Thank you. As a product provider in this space is uh, is the issue of, of, of greenwashing and of clarifying what, what these products do underneath the bonnet is that something that 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 really matters to you and that you think is really important for the industry and for the end client yeah it is very very important for us um we endorse the investment association's framework on response investing and that sets out a very clear terms and definitions um uh approach that we think that the industry should adopt in the UK and and certainly hopefully widely wider than the UK. We've actually just recently done a webinar on that IA framework on um, Bright Talk if people want to um, have a look at that it's on our website. Um, so I think it is really important to be really clear on your terms and definitions as a fund provider. Be really clear with our clients what we do and what we don't do within our funds and absolutely avoid greenwashing. This is really, really important. I think there's lots of innovation happening in this space. So I think it's really exciting that people are launching new funds and coming up with innovative ideas. But I think for people who are selecting funds and for our clients and customers, it's really important not to rely on fund titles or fund names you really have to do the work. You have to dig into behind the fund name and the label. What does the fund actually do under the bonnet? I think if you can do that, um, it's going to be a much better outcome for your clients than if you just rely on fund names. Because at the moment, there isn't a lot of clarity. Thank you. And actually, just to take that uh, point one step further, um, even if we get beyond greenwashing, then there are different funds and different strategies out there that use, um, well, they use responsible or sustainable or they use ethical or they use ESG actually do you think that's the next leg of progress to to really clarify what what uh, the differences are between those terms in terms of what that means for the end client yes absolutely I think the IA framework does that very well and certainly within Royal London we use the term responsible investing as a, an umbrella term, as a term that we talk about how we manage all of our funds and all of our clients' assets. So to us, being a responsible investor means integrating environmental, social, and governance into the investment process. It means voting our shares. It means being advocates. And it means engaging with companies. So that's an umbrella term for us. And then for sustainable investing, that is a product suite that we offer to the market for clients that want 
access to some of those innovative themes we talked about at the beginning and access to kind of companies that are really on the leading edge of ESG or environmental, social and governance factors. Um, but we have certainly do apply responsible thing across all of our funds. And I think we've been starting to be much more clear about how we communicate that out to our customers. Thank you, Tom. When you're putting together portfolios and you're, you're looking for funds in this space, um, what do those different terms mean to you? Is that relevant if you see one that's called ethical and one that's called sustainable and one that's called responsible? How do you view all of that in, in terms of being an actual fund selector? Yeah, it, it is difficult. I think it has evolved over the last few years. I think it's, uh, it's certainly getting better from my point of view when we when we look at the new funds coming out and what they're what they are termed as. It, it has been something that we've had to be a little bit um, generous with or, or maybe blind to, uh, to to the fund name exactly to Ashley's point. I don't, I don't think that investors can rely on what a fund is called as to uh, as to what it's going to achieve. I think we really need to get under the bonnet and look at what the investments held are, talk to the management about what their goals are and where where their priorities are um is it on you know uh, health and well-being is it on energy efficiency is, is it is it is it the uh, the whole shebang there and you know obviously is there a, a negative screen as well as a uh, a you know, sort of um social benefit screen or a positive change um ethos to the portfolio as well so yeah we, yeah there isn't any uh, substitute to really getting under the bonnet um but i think there's possibly an, an opportunity for uh, for passive funds to, uh, to to make up some ground in that sort of space by uh, by labeling themselves with uh, with more specific terms thank you um when this whole uh when the whole ethical investing universe was was conceived really it was initially conceived around around the concept of negative screening that is Certain things get excluded, like maybe, you know, uh, manufacturers of armaments, uh, tobacco companies, and then it broadened out from there. But a feature in more recent years has been uh, the inclusion of positive screens and positive change as, as a theme. Ashley, do you feel that, um, that really uh, products coming to market that just do negative screening and nothing else, that that's starting to become obsolete and that really clients want more than that now? Um, I think products that are coming to market that only negatively screen and do nothing else in terms of ESG integration or engagement will become obsolete. I think we're seeing a whole shift of all funds to being more responsible in their approach and having engagement, voting, and um, ESG integration as pillars. Um, so I think if you're doing nothing but just negatively screen, I think that's going to become more out of fashion. But I do think that there is still a role for some funds to have negative screens in them. Um, we do still, have, frankly, have clients that want a fund that doesn't invest in arms or doesn't invest in tobacco. And so as a fund, uh, as a fund platformer, as ability to offer those funds to clients, we absolutely do think that we need to have them available um, for the clients that want that in their portfolio. Thank you. Tom, when you uh, are interacting with, uh, with your clients or advisors, etc., what do they come in the door and, and ask for in this space? Do they, do they start off with the, the negative screen bit or do they start off with a positive screen? Have you seen that change over, over, uh, over the time that you've been in the industry and the time that you've been offering these products? 
Yeah, absolutely. When I when I started out uh, doing this around twelve years ago now, um, there was a lot of people out there. The only time you really heard ESG or ethical investing mentioned was when uh, clients or clients of clients would say, "Yes, I'm, I'm happy with your investment proposal, but I really don't want any exposure to fossil fuels. I don't want my money going in those directions." So it was very much uh, towards a negative screen for for a, you know for a large period of time. Much more recently, um, in the last few years, I think it is. Um, somewhat generational not exclusively but certainly it is um you know the, the the younger people who are asking i want to do something good with my money i wanted to go towards projects which will actually make a powerful difference socially or towards helping the environment um, and i think yeah that the demand has really started to switch on that side of things um i think with with the introduction uh, as and when it comes of um ad- advisors being um uh, being compelled to ask on the fact find, would you like to invest ethically with your money, or however that is uh, ultimately phrased? I think it's going to spur more and more money into uh, into those sort of funds. And uh, I agree with Ashley; there will be a lot more scrutiny on um, how that's done, and uh, a less emphasis on the um, on a negative screen. Though, if somebody has a uh, a passive portfolio, you use this. Um, uh, index tracking funds within their portfolio. A negative screen might be a good starting point for those. And obviously, there are there are ETFs that do those things at the moment. But in the um, in the Oikon Unit Trust world, I think they're um, a little bit slower to come to market. But that might be a nice minimum level. Thank you, Tom. Um, as the needs of clients have changed, have you? Um, is there a broad enough product suite out there in the positive change universe that you can do that, or is the industry still perhaps too focused? the negative screen side of things meaning that there are maybe more negative screen products than there need to be and not enough positive change products for the demand yeah we're certainly going in the right direction so that's that's the positive i would i would say on it there's a lot more um coming out day by day now we see we see global funds focused on really making a positive difference and really um on uh measurable and achievable goals as well and actually giving feedback to say by buying this fund you are saving x uh, number of units of carbon or you're helping this many people rise out of poverty that sort of thing by really um measuring the results i think it can have a really really powerful message and more and more funds are doing that and supplying us with really very useful data for clients who are interested in that and, and as i say that is an increasing uh, proportion of people a point on that, actually. Um, I mean, we are seeing certainly more disclosures in that space and more demand from clients to be able to articulate what's your impact of investing in this fund. I think it's something that's evolving in the industry, but I would just put a bit of word of caution, I guess, around that because um, it's very difficult for us as fund managers to prove that one pound of our client's money has saved X tons of carbon and so we've been quite careful about not putting that out to market as much as it, it sounds brilliant um, we want to be really careful about really what our customers are getting for their money so I think there's innovation happening in that space um, but I would be quite cautious about making some of those claims potentially because it's quite difficult to back them up I think with strong data thank you Ashley, Tom, thank you very much for joining us today on this uh, special FT Advisor podcast. And to all of you, please tune in for the next in our series on responsible investing. Thank you very much. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.